Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. Let's pray. Father, we're just thankful today. We are trusting you and believing you that you're speaking to people, that you're healing bodies. And Lord, we are grateful for the Holy Ghost to just transform people, cause us to think differently today. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I just really have been focusing on what is in us these last few weeks. And uh, the first time that the word priest, uh, or talking about a priest in the Bible was Melchizedek. And uh, it said that Melchizedek was not only a priest, but he was a king. And we know that Jesus is also our high priest and king. But if I would, today, if I would say, uh, if everybody, whoever is a priest today, raise your hand. So let me just see. If you're a priest today, raise your hand. Okay, that's about 20%. If you're a king today, let me raise your hand. It's the same 20%. What are the rest? No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, if you believe in Jesus, let me just ask, who believes in Jesus? Let me see your hand. If you have your hand up, you are also a king and a priest. And I can tell you and show you and prove you in the word. And that's something that you need to know. I said that's something that you need to know. You need to know that you're a king. You need to know that you're a priest. And uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this. This is a passion translation. Listen to what it says about you and me. All right? But you are God's chosen treasure. He's talking to you today. You are God's chosen treasure, priest who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. You're not going to be broadcasting anything if, you're not, if you don't know you're a king and a priest. But he says, for at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. And everybody here needs to know that. Most people going to church... Believe this, that God does, just deals with them with everything is wrong within them. Did you ever, my relationship with God was basically, what am I doing wrong, God? On a weekly, sometimes daily, what am I doing wrong? But you know what? God does not deal with you according to what you are doing wrong. He deals with you by what you are missing and experiencing with Jesus. That is a big deal. What you, that's what God wants to do. His relationship with you is not, okay, this is what you're doing wrong, Mike. No, his relationship with me and you is, this is where you're missing it in your experience with Jesus. And I know some people don't really believe that, but I can prove it because Jesus dealt with what was wrong with you and me 2,000 years ago on the cross. I said, he dealt what was wrong with you and me on the cross. He's not dealing with you what's wrong with you today because he already dealt with that. How many believe that's good news? And I can prove it. Galatians 3.13 said that in the New King James, it says that Christ became cursed for us 
Because it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangeth on a tree. The Passion Translation says it this way. Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written, everyone who is hung upon a tree is doubly cursed. Jesus, our Messiah, was cursed in our place. And in so doing, he dissolved the curse from our lives. So that all the blessings, not some, but all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon every non-Jewish believer. And now God gives us the promise of the wonderful Holy Spirit who lives within us when we believe in Him. So I've just been meditating that I'm a king and I'm a priest. And if you're going to make a difference, if you want your life to be transformed, if you want your life to be different, you need to meditate upon that, that you're a king and a priest. And in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, it says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins and his own blood and has made. That's past tense. Has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. He has made you. Most people are waiting to get to heaven to become royalty. Most people are waiting to get to heaven to become a king and to become what God has made them to be. You know, the Bible talks about there's going to be crying in heaven for a while. It's probably because you're going to realize that everything that God made you, he made you to live down here on this earth. He made you to be a king and a priest. He did. He has made us. And this is the great thing. When you are made something, it's not performance-based. That was a good place to shout amen. You do not have to live super holy, super godly, super great lives to become a priest, to become a king. You're made that way. Romans 5.19 says that you, one person made us all sinners because of what he did, but another person, Jesus, made us righteous because of what he did. So you need to know today, you have been made a priest and a king because of what Jesus has not only done for you, but he proclaims that over your life every day. He proclaims you're a priest every day. He proclaims you're a king every day, and he's made you that, and it's not based upon anything you and I can do. Man, that is good news. That is good news. And so a lot of times people think they don't have much control of their life. You know, you know, the government's in control. Everybody's out of control. And so we think that we have no control. But I mean, you know, if you know you're a priest, if you know you're a king, you are the one in control. But if you don't know that, you can be out of control and you'll let everybody around you be the controlling factor. And so I want you to know this. I, I wrote down some things that what a priest is. Are you ready? You may want to write this down. Priest. First of all, a priest was people who talked to God. They have the ability to talk to God 24-7. They have direct access to God. Direct access to God. They have the ability to pray for others and the ability to bless others. In Leviticus chapter 6, you know, there's a real popular song called The Blessing. It's went around the world called The Blessing. If you haven't heard of it, you're, you may be deaf. But anyway, uh, but uh, they got that from Numbers chapter 6. It's the ability to bless. So if you know that you're a priest, 
You have the ability to bless people. You have the ability to bless. Look it up, Numbers chapter 6. You're a representative of God. You represent God Almighty. You are a servant. But not only are you a servant, you know, a lot of times we do things our own strength and our own might, but when you represent God and you realize who you are as a priest, you have power inside of you and grace inside of you to serve. You know, for many years I tried to love my wife, just tried to do it on my own strength, and she'll tell you I, I failed miserably at that. But don't ask her that. But anyway, I, I, I failed miserably at that because I was trying to do things. You know, as religious people, sometimes we just try to do everything in our own strength and our own might. Self-discipline. And you can do that for a while. But then when people start getting irritated, starts being 100 degrees, and people start being a thorn in your flesh, it's not as easy to love them. Everybody looking real holy out there. But when you find out that I have grace, you have grace to do what God has called you to do. You can love your wife as Christ loved the church. You can love your husband with, from, by the grace and the love of God, no matter what they're doing to you. But this says that we are servant and it's, we're empowered to serve. We are empowered to serve. We have the ability to pronounce healing. A priest can do that. The ability to pronounce healing. Again, you can look it up in Leviticus chapter 14. When, uh, it was, it's the story of the leper. And when the leper did what the priest told him to do, the, lep- the priest would pronounce healing to the person who had leprosy. So you have the ability to pronounce healing. You have the ability to speak the word of God. Which means it's not my power, not by my might, but it's by his word and it's by his power. You have the ability to do that if you know that you're a priest. Being a priest means that you're accepted by God. You're accepted by God. So God does not deal with you and me according to what's wrong with us, but according to what's missing with our experience with Jesus. And I believe this is a big deal. I believe this is part of missing what we are not experiencing, and that is our priesthood. And then secondly, it's king, being a king, which means most people, it's shorter lists, because a king, you're royalty. You can go to England. I know Lynn and a couple of other people from uh, England. They know all about royalty. In America, we do not. But if, when you, if you go over there, we've been over to London and see the changing of the guards and all of the hip-hop. I'm telling you what, it's pretty neat. It is really neat. But it's because of royalty. There's special treatment to royalty. There's special treatment for you and me. And it's not because we're special. It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. But we are royalty. And what does that mean? That when you know that you are royalty, it gives you authority and power. Authority and power. The ability to deliver and to protect. Luke chapter 10, 19, the New King James says, Behold, I give unto you authority or power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. That is only true if you believe that you are king and empowered to walk in that. The Passion Translation says this, Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom, the enemy. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses, 
Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Nothing will be able to harm you. Because I know so many people, you know, we're trying to get God to move. Let's just pray and fast and let's get nothing wrong with praying, nothing wrong with fasting. But a lot of people, are, we just need to get God to move. We need Him to move. I've got a news flash for you. God's not stuck. God, would you just move in our city? If we really would think with our common sense, just because you get saved does not mean it's renewal of the mind, not removal of the mind. But you need to know that just because you get saved doesn't mean now you have a greater desire than God does to move on our city. Let that sink in. Because some people say, I'm just believing for a move of God. What's God believing? He's not, I'm not, I'm not moving. I don't want to move. We believe sometimes we're more holier than God, I think. Did you know God not only has moved, but He wants you to know that He's deposited everything in us so that you will move to what He's deposited inside of you. So that you will respond as a king and a priest. God's waiting on us, church. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. People think that I'm just believing God to heal me. He's waiting on you to receive the healing that He's already deposited in you. He is. But if you know that, it's easier to walk in healing. It's easier to walk as a priest. It's easier to walk as a king. It's easier to walk being blessed. It's easy to walk in healing when you know the healing's already inside of you. That's like me if I deposit a million dollars into your checking account. It could happen. And then, every week though, you had a thousand dollar bill that was due. Every week, it was a big one. And so you would run to the bank instead of checking online. You would run to the bank and say, is the money in there to cover that? And after about six weeks of you doing that every day, the tellers would all start looking at you like, are you okay? Why do you keep coming to check to see if the money is in? It's deposited into your account. It's always, the bill is always covered. The Lord explained that to me. I, I hurt my back, and, and uh, so I was just believing God and believing God. But when I go to bed at night, I would just believe that the next morning when I wake up, I wouldn't feel any pain in my back. And every morning, I felt pain in my back. And the Lord gave me this illustration. You're running to me to check to see if you're healed. Instead of knowing that the healing has already been deposited in you. And you instead, that is, Mike, you don't believe it and don't have any faith for that. Because you are seeing and running to check to see if it's present. Did you get that? So... I don't, you, you don't, you have to get to a point that it doesn't matter what you feel, doesn't matter what you see. You have to believe that it's a done deal and it's already inside of you and me. Amen. Prosperity, healing, every need met has been inside of you and me. God didn't take it away and we don't have to wait on him to do it. We do not have to wait. We think that we have to have a move of God. He's already moved. He sent Jesus. 
That was his movement. He's not coming back. The next time he comes back is to set up his kingdom on the earth and he's going to be the ruler and the dictator. But that's the only time he's coming back. He's not going to come back again before that and say, okay, I'm going to move on Pueblo now. Now, I know people talk like that. You know, I say, man, I'm, God really moved. And I understand that. And I get what people are saying. I would even say that. But at the same time, it's not because he wasn't moving prior. It's just because the people of God have risen up and now they believe what God has deposited in them and what he did 2,000 years ago. Amen? We think that we want healing to happen more than God. We think that we want people saved more than God. We think that we want a, a, a great revival more than God. So that's why we're twisting. We're trying to all twist God's arm by crying out and praying and believing God. Really? Is that the God we serve? We're really trying to get God to bless us and, and cause us to have a better job and finances to open up for us, you know, because He, he may not want you blessed. We have a mandate to change the way people think about God. It needs to start with us. We need to believe that God not only wants us blessed, but He has all the promises and blessings inside of us, and we need to be awakened to what's already been done inside of us. It's not because God's withholding anything. Do we think God's withholding? Do you think God's withholding something from you? I don't think so. I don't think so. Faith is really simple. Do you believe God? What he said about you and me. Do you believe him? Do you believe what he said that you are a priest? Not going to be, but you are a priest. And because you are a priest, we have the power within us to speak blessing. We have the power within us to pronounce healing. We have the power within us to have access all the time to what anything God wants to say. But you have to believe that. There was a song, I think it was back in the 60s and 70s. I won't, I won't sing it because I have children here that will make fun of me. But um, it says, I've got the power. Remember that song? I know. I'll just sing that one part. I've got the power. It's a shame that a rock and roll band could sing that and believe it, and the church does not. Because you do have the power. You do have the power to walk as a priest. You do have the power to walk as a king. You have authority. Sometimes we're, we need to understand that when it comes to physical healing over our body. That we have power over our body. We do. And I know this is what usually happens. This is because it's happened to me. I guess it's probably happened to you. You'll speak something to your body and nothing happens. You'll believe something about a healing or, or uh, about something wrong with your body and nothing happens. And that's about where it ends. But we have the power, are you ready? For healing to manifest in your physical body. Because you've been made a king. You've been made a priest. Behold, I've given you power to trample on all of the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. The problem is with between our two ears. And then we think that we don't have enough faith, but uh, Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet it's not I that live, it is Christ in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. 
If you need more than the faith that Jesus had, something's wrong. Because you have the faith of Jesus on the inside of you. And if you realize that you have the faith of Jesus on the inside of you, there is no sickness, nothing can be higher than the faith that God has placed inside of you. Did Jesus ever have a problem? You know where he had a problem? Mark chapter 6, it says this. This is the only time that Jesus had a problem with sickness. Anytime somebody came to him, they came to him believing that he had the power to set them free and to heal their body. But there was one time where he, there was a struggle. Mark chapter 6 says when he went to his hometown. Everybody saw him grow up in the carpenter's shop. Saw him. He was just a boy. So they had a problem. Well, that's just Jesus. I grew up with him. He didn't have any more power than I do. He doesn't. He's just, I remember Jesus. So the Bible says that he could do there no mighty work except he laid his hands on a few sick folk. One translation says... Minor ailments. Healed a few headaches. No leprosy was healed. No paralyzed person got up. He couldn't do anything there. He could not. And that's Jesus. What was the problem? The problem was they did not know that the power source, everything that God had, was inside of him. And so the very next scripture, it says this. He went about their cities and their synagogues Teaching them. What was he teaching? All power has been given unto me. And then before he leaves, he says, I have given that power to you and me. We just have to renew our minds and believe that there is power inside of us to walk in healing and health. There is power inside of you. Deuteronomy says to get wealth. The power to get wealth, to have all of your needs met, is not up in heaven. God's not going to send any more power down for you to get a better job, to get money. There's not a printing press in heaven flipping out phony bills. It's not. The power to get wealth is inside of you and me. It's time the church awakened to these things, guys. It's the time we awaken that the power is inside of us. And we can do this. And this is what it says in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 16. It says this, I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. That's most of the people on the planet. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things will I do for them and not forsake them. And then 40 verse 3 and 5. He says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So we're waiting on God to make the crooked straight, to make the valley filled, and the mountain to be made a plain. We're waiting on God to do that. And I'm telling you, For the glory or the goodness of God to be revealed, you and I have to believe that we have the power to make the crooked straight, to make the valley field, and to bring the mountain to be made a plain. That power is in you and me. We have to start speaking it. Revelation chapter 12, I believe it's verse 11, says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. 
So when you start speaking, because that's what you've been thinking and believing, and when you start speaking that, you'll see the crooked made straight, the mountain to be made a plain, and the valley to be filled, and darkness to be made light. All these cities that are being protested, God's not going to come down and just do something spectacular. But I believe people who do know their God will do mighty exploits and darkness will become light because darkness has no power over light. Light is far greater than darkness. Healing is far greater than sickness. Prosperity is far greater than poverty. Everything that God has and everything that's inside of you is far greater than anything that you and I will ever face. Whether it's cancer, whether it's poverty, you losing your job, no matter what. The power is within us to walk as a king, to walk as a priest. Do you think the royal family, Lynn, do you think the royal family is really scared about the, the pandemic that they're going to really just lose their castle, lose uh, uh, all of those? I'm trying to think of the buildings that we went to. I've... Anyway, they're not, gonna, they're not they're just rubbing their hands together. You know, and getting all the royalty family saying, you know, this is, this is really a scary time, you know. Maybe we should stock up food in and, and the old castle and just fill it up full of food. I don't think that's a conversation that's going on in the royal family right now. I don't. They're probably concerned about other people. They're probably com- having conversations about how they can help other people. Why? Because they know that they're always going to be okay. That's the way it is for the church. We're always going to be okay. No matter what comes our way, the church is going to be strong no matter what. Because God is greater. And we quote that scripture, but it's time that we start believing it. Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. The reason we can quote that is because God lives in us. And he's saying to you and me today, it is a fact. It's a truth. Start believing it and walking in it as you believe it. You have the ability to make something that's like Pike's Peak. Now, it's symbolic, but like a a problem in your life. You have the ability to speak to that mountain to be made a plain. You have the ability to cause the valleys. To be brought to where you can walk on level ground. You have the ability to make the crooked to be made straight. You have that in you. But you have to start believing that's in you. And this is the thing. It's not in your own might or your own power or your own strength. It's like I said in loving my wife and trying to love people. If we do that in our own strength, you will fail miserably. We've tried to walk in healing in our own strength. We've tried to walk in healing in our own strength. I I believe I'm going to defeat this. And I I do thank God for willpower. I mean, there's people who have overcome things just by willpower. But we have something far greater than willpower. It's called the anointing and the power of God inside of you and me today. So let's start thinking that way. Can we just start thinking that way? First of all, since only 20% of you think that you're a king and priest, maybe we should start there. That I am a priest unto God. I am a king unto God. And it's not based upon anything that I can do or I have done or will do in the future. I've been made that. When you're born into royalty, they don't have to say, okay, I got to really, I got to work on being, you know, a priest or a, uh, what do you call it? What's under a king? 
Prince, thank you. What's under a queen? Princess. You passed the test. All right, but anyway, you, you, a prince and a princess doesn't have to just sit there every day and when they wake up and start saying, okay, I got to work on my, my prince mentality. I got to work on my princess mentality. No, they're made that. Why? Because they were born into it. It's automatically them. No matter how crazy they act, no matter what they do, they're always a prince and they're always a princess. We need to have that mentality in the church. I'm a priest today. I'm a king today. Why? Because I was made that way. I was born into it. And because I was born into it, I can't be taken out of it. I was made that way. You just have to forgive me. That's the way that I am. I'm made that way. Let's start thinking that way, church. Let's start believing that. I believe when you have that mentality, it'll be easier for you to receive healing. I believe it'll be easier for you to get that job that you're believing for. I believe that you just know, man. I mean, you see the royalty walking around in London, man. I mean, they have the crowd splits. The guards line up, man. And they don't have to say, you know, can you, can you give me some room here? No, room is made for them. Room is made for them. Why? They are surrounded with the favor of everything that represents the royalty. You and I are the same way. We are the same way. You're not some slave mentality. You know, I'm just barely trying to, God, have mercy on me. Just got it. Just think of somebody in royalty family getting on their knees and just going, please, just, just let me just, oh, I want to eat at the royal table today. That would be a total embarrassment to the royalty family. They would grab him by the hair and say, if you ever do that again. Christians all around the world do that every day, especially on Sunday. God have mercy on us. Just, we just beg you to just please don't kill us. Don't wipe us out. You know, Pueblo, don't, just, don't let fire just come down and destroy us. Please. Please. That's not good. Dust. And I know we've had that mentality. I've had that mentality in my life. Just dust off yourself and say, you know what? God has put a robe of righteousness on me. He's put a ring on my finger. You remember the story? The prodigal son? He didn't want to, he says, I'm not worthy to go back to my father's house. What did the father say? I mean, he lived all of his, spent all of his money on a harlot living, drinking it up, partying it up. He was dirt poor and it was a time of famine and he was going to die. So he says, I'm going to go back to my father's house. And just be a slave, a servant. And when he was walking up down the road, his father saw him afar off. It's the only time in Scripture the Bible says this, and the father ran to meet him. He ran. Why? Because he knew the mentality of his son, that it was not good. And as the son, Father, I have sinned before, he just cut him off. He says, no, stop it. I believe that's being said 24-7 in heaven. People said, oh, God, I'm just so unworthy. Nope, stop it. Stop it. The Bible says he hugged him, embraced him. They killed the fatted calf, threw a party, put a ring on his finger, which is a sign of authority. You never lost your authority. You just didn't know it. But he had authority. 
put a robe of righteousness on him. And he once again, the boy, the son, realized who he was. He never lost it. But the father wanted him to realize that you've always been my son. You've always been a king. You've always been a priest before God. Just remember that. That you've never lost the ring. You've never lost the robe of righteousness. It's because that's the way you were made. Amen? Let's stand. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that we get this. Pray that we get this. Amen? Can you believe that? Let's pray. Father, we just believe for our eyes to be open. The great deposit that has been made in us. Because we are believers of Jesus. We're not like the world without hope. The God of hope is on the inside of us. So today we just come before you in Jesus' name. And we repent. And repent means that we think differently about ourselves. I pray for everybody here and everybody who's watching that they would repent. That they would think differently about themselves and about their relationship with God. He's never holding his hand out saying, nope, nope, nope. His arms are always wide open, ready for the, to embrace you. Ready to hold you close to him. Ready to love on you because he's never stopped loving you. So I pray, Father, that you would help us to see, to recognize, to know, to have revelation. That we are truly been made a priest. That we have been made a king. That we have been made righteous. We have been made right with our Heavenly Father. And I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.